Welcome to the Kingdom Community Podcast. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on earth. Now, enjoy today's show. Welcome to the Kingdom Community Podcast or Broadcast. If you're listening on audio on any of the platforms, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the major podcasts. And if you're watching on social media or any of our uh, channels on uh, our, our iOS app, our Android app, perhaps you're watching on Apple TV, Roku, whatever it may be. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm telling you, it's going to be an awesome time tonight. We're going to be talking about revival and reformation. My guest is Tony Kim. Tony has a heart for reformation and revival. He lives in California. He's been involved in seeing transformation throughout the earth, the discipleship of nations. And Tony's got some great things that he's going to be sharing with us tonight. I know you're going to be inspired. You're going to be challenged as we live in this season, guys, of reformation. The Lord is reforming. He's doing amazing things on the earth. We've been contending for revival, but revival is not enough. We also need reformation. So Tony Kim and his wife, Jessica, are the senior leaders of Renaissance International in Bakersfield, California. As I said, they've got a passion uh, to see reformation and revival on the earth, raising up everyday revivalists and reformers to transform the world. Wow, that sounds awesome. And also, uh, Tony leads and is the founder of the Roar Collective, a relationally based movement of leaders and influencers from every sphere of society to transform culture through revival and reformation. He's also the founder of Roar Academy, which is an online school of reformation currently in nine nations. Listen to this, to equip, empower, and emancipate Christ's following reformers to establish the kingdom of God in their world. In addition, Tony serves as executive director of Harvest International Ministry, an apostolic network led by Dr. Cheon, and Tony travels all over the world, strengthening and equipping the body of Christ to disciple cities and nations. So we are so honored to have Tony with us. Just go ahead, guys, and leave your comments, hit the share button, let people know uh, about this broadcast. I know it's going to be a great time. I think we're having a little bit of issues with Facebook, uh, but I hope everybody can see it. Why don't you just leave a comment if you're watching this on Facebook, just so we know. Otherwise, uh, we'll just go ahead and we'll air this later on as well. But thank you so much. And we're going to welcome to Kingdom Community broadcast tonight, Tony Kim. Hey, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Glenn. So good to see you and good to be with you. Thank you. I know you're a busy guy and it's a busy time of year and a lot of stuff going on. But so we really appreciate you taking time to be with us tonight. Uh, of course, I appreciate you having me on and talking about, I think it's one of your favorite subjects as well. You know, this, <laughs> this whole element of revival and reformation, Glenn, this is who you are as well. So it's right. a pleasure for me to be here again. Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm finding the uh, older I get, the more um, enamored I have become with, with uh, reformation. You know, for years, I was a revival guy. 
signs and wonders, miracles, stirring up uh, the body of Christ. And then I've come to realize that there's more to it than that. And, and that's great. We still need that. And, and I know, obviously, you believe that. Uh, the name of your uh, local church, so to speak, I know it's not just a conventional church, Renaissance International, and then, uh, man, what you're involved with, this School of Reformation, all that. Why don't you tell us about that? You know, a lot of this began, obviously, you know, don't you love that God still speaks to us today? Mm. You know, and back in, and I'll just keep this short, um, but back in 2006, I had a dream. And in the dream, in a nutshell, the Lord spoke to me and said, you will begin a new renaissance that's going to huh. go to the nations. Huh. And, and I woke up with that re reverberating phrase, uh, but I couldn't shake that one phrase of new renaissance. And, and so, as, you know, I thought renaissance, I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> you know, and, and I just thought, okay, so I started diving in deeper. You know, I focused on revival and reformation over the years, uh -huh. but this whole renaissance, you know, as the Lord uh -huh. began to speak to me, and renaissance um, is the French word for revival, for uh -huh. rebirth. And and so I felt like the Lord saying, I'm about to rebirth this reformation in our day. Uh -huh. There's a rebirth that's taking place, and it's reform. Uh, and, and so from there, the Lord began to just draw me deeper into the subject matter. And at that time, I've already been working in communities, really going after transformation, equipping churches, okay. equipping organizations to have tangible impact uh, with the kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. that caused us from there in 2009, through a number of prophetic words, uh, it was a confirmation of of us planting a church and so when we planted our team just said hey listen i feel like god gave us a name for it. its renaissance hmm. uh, and so we just continue to plow forward from there and then in regards to the school um i was teaching in a number of different supernatural schools bible colleges and seminaries yeah. and uh, i was teaching mainly on the supernatural during that season right. and i received the prophetic word about starting a ministry school and I just thought that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, this and that's just the way I kind of filtered it. And I thought, why should I start something when I'm already participating? I'm already um a part of existing ministries that are really powerful and incredible. And and then from there I got another prophetic word saying that you're to start one, not to join one. Wow. And and through that, I knew right away. Because I always said, if we're going to start anything, it's not going to just be equipping people for ministry, although that's absolutely necessary. I'm not negating that fact at all. Okay. But we're to add to that um, the, you know, and the statistic is 2% of the population, if we're being generous, are called to the full time vocational ministry. Uh -huh. Then what are we doing with the 98% that are not called behind the pulpits in the church as they're? primary vocation right and i said we need to equip what i would call modern day reformers everyday revivalists and reformers to transform culture through revival and reformation in the world that god's placed them in and so we came up with roar academy again roar academy came through a dream uh the word roar and it stands for renaissance of arising reformers oh, okay. i believe that there is a rebirth of arising reformers in the season and i believe glad you and i are part of that yeah. 
Amen. Yeah, and and uh, definitely God is doing something amazing. I'm finding people from all over the globe are hungry. They're saying, you know what? And the the way church has been working is, you know, it's had an impact. Some places really struggling, really difficult, and COVID has really kind of knocked the wind out of a lot of ministry sales, so to speak. But we're in a time now where people are wanting more, and they're looking for. Um, that which is really the New Testament way of doing things. So, Tony, when you talk about Reformation and Renaissance, what what does that look like to you? You know, in the the early Renaissance, which was about a two to three hundred year period, uh-huh. it came out of a. It really was based out of humanism, because it's in that place in that time where. Um, you know, a lot of corruption was taking place. The church was stagnant spiritually and people were desperate. They were looking for solutions. Mm-hmm. And so this renaissance began, but it came out of the philosophy and understanding that man is the measure of all things. Uh-huh. And and I believe that there's a new renaissance and a reformation in our day where reformers are arising with the understanding that no longer is man the measure of all things, but God is the measure of all things. Mm-hmm. Amen. And and so that word reformation, you know, we use terms like this, and a lot of times, you know, there's so many aspects and different definitions, right? When we say revival, right. it's okay. How do you define that? When you say reformation, how do you define that? Sure. Think back scripturally. You know, reformation isn't only a historical word, although it is. It is a biblical word, and so in Hebrews nine ten that verse ends with until a time of reformation mm-hmm. and the context of the writer there is he's delineating the old covenant, a new covenant, right. And trying to bring people of his day into the better covenant. Right. And, and so that until a time of reformation, that word reformation, the Greek is diorthosis, mm-hmm. uh, which means to bring back to its original state, mm-hmm. bring back to its original intent, Or another, the flip side of the coin of that is to establish a new order. And and so I believe all that is taking place. And we've been set up the T, really COVID set the T up for us. Yeah. You know, for such a time as this, that, you know, your movement, Glenn, that you lead, the listeners and watchers right now, that we are in an incredible season of opportunity to establish a new order on the earth, which is this kingdom order that we live and abide by. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So powerful. And what a what a time uh, it is. What an opportunity God has really furnished for us to step into this. So when we're speaking to believers in general, you know, um, we're talking about this reformation. Um, what what does that how do you articulate that? So we could talk about, you know, the definition of reformation, but then as reformers, mm-hmm. simply put is to, you know, in Luke, it talks about how the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like leaven, you know? And so what, what, what I like to say is reformers bring the leaven of the kingdom and they need it into the dough of society. Okay. And so, in other words, we bring the solution from a kingdom perspective through God's creative spirit by the Holy Spirit to bring 
order back into society, to bring healing back into brokenness, to bring mm -hmm. prosperity in the place of poverty, mm -hmm. to, to, to really help people live this life of fullness that God intended since the beginning. And right. obviously it begins with revival because people, their hearts need to be saved. We need to be, we need, we need people to mm -hmm. encounter God in a powerful way where, um, you know, it's the spirit, it's the uh -huh. spirit man, right? Where really nothing else matters. If everything, we can make everything better, but if everything's going to hell in the handbasket, then right. what's the purpose? And so we want to see souls saved. Right. And then from there, we want to see people fully establishing kingdom on the earth. So simply put heaven on earth, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, great. is is what reformation is all about yeah great and you mentioned earlier about you know restoring the original the meaning of the word the greek word in hebrews 9 and yeah that's what it's all about you know we we want to make sure that people understand that when we talk about even when the Bible talks about in Isaiah, you know, behold, I do a new thing. Now, <laughs> in the context of that passage, it was definitely new in, in what he was about to do, restoring Israel out of captivity. But here we are in a time where God is restoring us, in a sense, to what was done previously through the finished work of Jesus, the apostolic prophetic foundations that were laid in the church, the preaching and the demonstrating of the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of a kingdom, his kingdom that comes to earth, that brings change and transformation. I love Luke 8, 1 in the New King James talks about how Jesus went around preaching and bringing the glad tidings mm -hmm. of the kingdom. And, and so I believe that's what you're, you're advocating um, you, you say uh, the Roar Academy's mission is to equip, empower, and emancipate Christ-following reformers. Now, more, more than good alliteration, I mean, what specifically do you mean by that, equip, empower, and particularly emancipate? Because these are people of God, Christ-following reformers being emancipated. Right. Absolutely. Now, I need to be careful how I explain this. And so for those who are listening and watching here, um, I am a pastor of a local church. I I believe in the local church. I believe the local church is a major vehicle in which God uses yeah. uh, to impact the world. Now, with that said, uh, we know that you know we don't. there's no such thing as a perfect church. Right. So one of the things I understand and you know, as, as I'm continuing to work with reformers and as a reformer, uh, and you know, I never called myself a reformer. People started calling me that, and I thought, what what is that? Really? What does that even mean? Um, I don't consider myself a Renaissance man, but people call me that. Right. So, but I will take that on that on that platform on that um, notion. Mm -hmm. This is one thing I realize. I think as a church. Um, you know, we we have a level of understanding when it comes to equipping and what that means, um, you know, and from a first, uh, you know, from Ephesians 4.11 to where the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers are called to equip the church for the work of the ministry. It's it's goes that equipping goes beyond teaching, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. It, it is helping them identify their place in the body of Christ and establishing them there. Yeah. And, and on the flip side of the coin to that is also it's to mend a net and to gather people, which a lot of people don't talk about. But then there's the empowerment, right? It's, it's 
giving them opportunity. It's it's giving them that place where they can exercise, you know, who they are, wow. you know, more than their gifting. Uh-huh. But then I, you know, as I started seeking the Lord and as I started talking to different leaders, they were really frustrated with people they didn't know what to do with. And they would say, Tony, I don't know what to do with some of these people. Yeah. You know, the millennials in my church, I don't know what to do with them. Right. I, I mean, right. I hear uh, statements like that. And and so as I, as I started dialoguing with them on a deeper level, I realized they don't know what to do with them because we're treating them like revivalists instead of reformers. Uh, okay. You know, re, re, revivalists know how to operate within the church typically. Right. You know, they, they, they're, they're profound in it. And we need revivalists today like never before, mm-hmm. you know, inside the church and outside the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the same time, I realized they didn't know what to do with them because these guys are reformers. These ladies are reformers. And mm-hmm. with that said, and there was tension and frustration because I realized as ca- as lions and eagles are not to be caged, mm-hmm. reformers are not to be caged. They're to be freed. Yeah. And so as we equip them and empower them, we need to emancipate them. We have to free them uh-huh. into society and loose them. You know, uh, we need to egg them. Yes. So they cast them out into society. Right. Right, you know, to make that impact, make that uh, societal, um, you know, be that societal influencer in where God called them to be. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so good, Tony. And you know what? It's so it's it's absolutely true. This is the way of the New Testament. It's the way of Jesus. That's what he did. You know, eventually he prepared the disciples, and particularly, you know, he called twelve of them to be apostles and. Then it says in Mark 3 that they might be with him and that he might send them out and then apostolos. But you you use the word ekbalo, which is when the Lord Jesus, just for those who are listening, if you're not aware of this, when Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth more laborers, it's the word ekbalo. It's a forceful word that God wants to, um, with force, uh, send people out and and I know sometimes we have an issue with with just being complacent and comfortable, and we don't want to go out in like the early church in Jerusalem, and then a persecution happened, and they were scattered, and they were ekbalos, so to speak. But then there are other, uh, and you mentioned millennials, where definitely these guys want to run, man. They want to spread their wings. Right. They want to do things. But the church in many places has uh, just kind of don't know what to do with them, like you said, or you know, oh, well, this is what you do. And, you know, you, you minister here and we put them in these little boxes. I think personally for me, and I'm far from a millennial, uh, I definitely have felt that way throughout the years. Yeah, I went through a journey. My story in a nutshell is I come to Christ, first person in my family in ministry. And what ends up happening is as I'm growing and I'm understanding who I am and how God wired me in the kingdom, I end up going, hey, you know what? I can't just pastor a local church here. Um, That's going to kill me. I've got to be doing, you know, all these different things as well, what the Lord intended me to do. So emancipation is a powerful term, freeing God's people to be whom they were created to be. Right. When I pastored, um, one of the things that was very common 
up until a few years ago was that we would we would say, hey guys, we have a vision in this local house, and we want you to, you know, God has sent you here, and we're we're grateful for you, and we want you to serve the vision. And and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong about that, but um, I I do believe that vision needs to be a a big vision and a kingdom vision, kingdom size. And but but what we should be doing, and and I'd love for you to speak into this, is kind of flipping the script and and just saying, hey guys, like we want you to come here. We're here to to um, sow into you, to invest in you, to equip you to stand with you, to celebrate you, and to follow you, so to see you freed, emancipated, so you can go and fulfill the calling, the vision that God has given to you, and even create um, uh, that freedom and latitude for people to really dream prophetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, what do you think about that in, in terms of the local church shifting more into that? Um, I know it's apostolic, but... Uh, I love it. You're right. It's this to me. This is what it's all about. And if we're gonna, you know, one of the paradigms that we've really uh, found ourselves in during the season is this paradigm of family. Hmm. You know, and if if we would treat, you know, one another genuinely as family, rather than seeing each other from more of a traditional institutional religious perspective. Yeah. I think the dynamic would completely shift. And what you explained is exactly what takes place in the family. Yeah. It's it's that teaching, it's the journeying together, it's the guiding, it's the maturing, it's it's helping uh, foster a culture of dreaming hmm. and then coming around that. And as mothers and fathers, Glenn, we're to create resources for our children so they can fulfill that dream. And then eventually we have to kick them out of the nest, don't we? Yeah. And and we you know what you're ready. Here we're sending you out. Right. And and I, I really believe that this is part of the reformation for the church. Mm-hmm. You know, especially as uh God is um restoring this whole understanding of the apostleship and apostles back into the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um you know that that we're seeing a fuller expression. Amen. Uh, really who we're supposed to be as the church. And I think it's okay in terms of the journey. I know a lot of people, you know, just are pretty critical in terms of the church was like this and like this. But you know what? I think God used the church no matter where we were. And that's his grace and his mercy there. Yeah. Um, but as we're progressing, you know, in greater understanding with the apostolic and the prophetic, you know, being restored, there's another paradigm that's shifting right now as we speak. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So when, when we look at the world, the population of the world, you know, 7.8 billion people plus, and of all the unreached people still, you know, what we did a, a missions round table last night with some great missionaries that are working on unreached people groups in Southeast Asia in particular and other places. Um, and I'll tell you what, there's still billions of people that have not been reached with the gospel. Right. And, and we have a lot of work to do because Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, that the gospel of the kingdom, he said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached 
as a witness throughout the earth, throughout the world, he said, as a witness or a testimony to all the nations, the ethnic groups, and then the end will come. And he said this gospel of the kingdom, meaning the gospel that Jesus was preaching, what he was stewarding, so to speak, when he was on the earth. So the gospel of the kingdom, and and we preached um, on salvation. We've we've taught on, you know, even even the way we've approached discipleship um, hasn't been. I'm not saying it's fundamentally flawed, but I'm I'm saying it's not uh, robust enough in terms of of what Jesus actually did and said. And I really believe we're moving into that state. You, you, you refer to fathers and mothers, family, um, huge shift right now. People are desperately wanting that. For example, I had a um, conversation earlier today with someone from a small island in the Caribbean, and they were saying, I mean, this island is so small, there's only a few thousand people live on it. And they were saying that, um, they can't find spiritual fathers and mothers in their region, you know, and and there's such a hunger and a desire for that. And we talked about that last last week as well on the broadcast. So what what does that uh, look like moving forward? What do you anticipate the Lord doing, you know, in terms of those who are really embracing uh, this this reformation? you know, in terms of family and fathers and mothers versus the kind of institutional. Yeah. 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 You know, I think there's a hunger out there, Glenn, because we're created for family. Mm, You know, conferences are great. Meetings are great. Uh, You know, and you know, I, I host them. I do them. I speak at them, but at the end of the day, we're created for family. We're created for relationships. So it is a it's a cry of humanity and creation for that. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, um, you know, I have to take it back to Matthew sixteen, verse okay. eighteen. You know where, uh, you know, Jesus says where it's right after Peter declares who Jesus is. You know, you're the Christ, Son of the Living God, yeah. and. And then Jesus says, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gate of Hades will not overpower it. And that that phrase where he says, I will build my church. Right. And this is one of the things I believe God is putting his finger on right in this season mm-hmm. is this. When he says, I will build my church, that word build there in the Greek is oikodemeo, which we derive the word oikos which mm-hmm. means home, right? family, yeah. community. And so then he says, I will oikodemeo my church, which is ecclesia. We're familiar with that. It's two Greek words put together, ekkaleo, called out yeah. ones. Yeah. But then the other side is the ones calling out is mm-hmm. also another meaning. And, mm-hmm. and so you have the dual meaning there. But the ecclesia is actually founded on the oikodomeo, mm-hmm. on the oikos, on the family. So I really believe that there's a grace in this season where we're seeing family revival taking place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, We're seeing prodigals coming back. And the Lord spoke to me about this wow. earlier this year. 
And, and he said, Tony, I'm starting with family revival. Uh-huh. And, and because one of the things that we know based upon sociologists and secularists in 2006, Glenn, um, the presidential administration, they did a research study okay. and it came out with this conclusion. And it was this, that every social illness can be attributed to lack of fathers, wow. which basically means broken families. Yeah. And so if every social illness is connected to broken families, then what, what's the foundation for healing society? Hmm. It has to start with families within God's own children, Yeah, within our own families. And yeah. so I believe reformation begins with the family. Mm. transformation begins with the family. And so he's putting his finger and his thumb on our families right now. And he's rebirthing hope for the ones that we've been praying for, for Mm. years to re-engage with a new level of hope, to intercede, to pray for the prodigals, pray for the the husband or the wife or the children that have backslidden or still don't know him. I'm still praying for my father. We've been praying for him for 40 years, you know, for salvation. And he's yeah. gonna come. He's gonna come to know the Lord, Amen. and and we all have family members. And so I believe that family is the foundation for that. Yeah. And it's Malachi four five six. Hmm. He's turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, and children to the fathers, lest I might smite the land with a curse. Right. So God's heart is to bless the land, which uh-huh. is societal transformation, and He does that on family. Hmm. Yeah. That's so good. And wow, so powerful. And you know what, Tony, I I really believe that. And not only personally in our own biological families, Mm -hmm. but obviously the wider family that God created his church to be, as you mentioned, uh, a household, so to speak, Mm -hmm. a family. And, and I believe, you know, as, as a, an example of this, um, we pastored a church, and when we went to this church, it was an established church. It was in decline. There weren't many people left. And we, people weren't, there was no community. There was basically, there was kind of a few yeah. people, the same people that would hang out with each other. But we were intentional over a period of a few years to build family. And by the time we ended up leaving the church, and transitioning, we actually saw there was such um, family love and community there. It was amazing. And people to this day talk to us about that. We hear that. Mm. And and I've visited um, other churches uh, even recently, and obviously great churches, great content, great mm-hmm. presence of God and all that. But then I look and I go, well, how do I connect with anybody? Like right. there's, there's no way to connect. So I, I think this is, this is a huge issue that we, we need to address. I, I was talking to um, a young millennial. It's actually on a zoom call with a lot of other pastors from around the world. And there was this young millennial leader in South America. And he was talking about this, that how they're seeing, um, such a hunger among millennials and, and younger for community and restoring that. And he even said, you know what, if you have a choice to spend $200,000 on, you know, 
lights and and or or build a, a cafe meeting area to hang out. He said, build the cafe meeting area. He said, because that millennials would and, and Gen Z would rather be able to hang out and build family that way. And 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 I see that. I don't care who we are. You know, we're we're talking about reformation, Tony. And yeah. one of the things I believe in this reforming process that God is doing, there is revival and there's re- reformation is God is reforming and bringing together uh, a body too. And, and Ezekiel 37 is really, I've been preaching on that a lot recently, the wind, the breath of God, the life of God, which is speaks of revival didn't happen until there was a coming together of and the reforming, so to speak of, you know, the body and, and I believe we're in this season where God's saying he wants to reform his body. And if we're going to be one body, as Ephesians 4, you've already mentioned this, talks about, then we're going to have to learn how to be family. Cause, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just like we're connected bone to bone and, and uh, we have no choice in the matter. We can walk away. But ultimately, that analogy isn't 100% accurate. But we are a family. And uh, we're going to have to learn how to be family and really love one another in, in, this, in this time. So I think that's a, a big part of, of what the Lord is doing. Now, one thing, and certainly you feel free to, to um, you know, just take that a little deeper if you want to. But I, I was wanting to just talk about what's going on in the world in terms of the darkness in many respects, the past um, couple of years, especially, we've just seen just seems incredible uptick in in just the works of the devil and what he's doing. And what what's your take on that? What's going on, and and how do we respond to you know what's happening spiritually in the world? Yeah, I, you know, I think we're living in the most exciting times of history, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, it's. I, I really believe we are living in. I think to deny the darkness, I think would be foolish. Right. Uh, sure. I mean, we are in Isaiah five, where people are calling good evil and evil good. Right. And at the same time, I also believe that we're in Isaiah sixty. Hmm. You know, um, arise, shine. Yeah. You know, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Deep darkness, the earth, and, and the people. But then it says kings and queens will come to the light mm. you know and and i believe on the backdrop of darkness that the church it's the greatest hour for the church it's the greatest hour for you and i mm. as the, in the body of christ for us to shine and it doesn't mean we have to do anything you know the reality is us just being present mm. we're shining brighter than before because it's just getting a little darker yeah and, and so I, I really believe that in the darkest places, you know, and the reality is whether it's personal, everyone's going through a level of darkness on a personal level or global in terms of what's happening with the shaking. Yeah. That, you know, we have to remember again, Matthew 16, you know, it's, it was at the place of the darkest place of the region, perhaps the earth in the known world during that time, Caesarea Philippi, the occult right. practices of blood sacrifices to the God yeah. of Zeus and Hermes and all that in the right. darkest place. That's where the greatest revelation of Jesus yeah. came forth. 
Yeah. And, and I believe that we're here to to proclaim, to to declare and demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom, you know, and, and reveal the goodness of God mm-hmm. in a world that's filled with fear, pain, loss, uh, to let them know that there is a father that loves them. Mm-hmm. And, and to bring healing and demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need revival and reformation. Yeah. And when people are hurting, you know, Glenn, when COVID broke out, I started receiving calls from different mayor's offices. Um, part of my past is I work with cities uh, and uh, city council yeah. mayors to to help really just bring a lift to uh, their community. And one mayor called me and said, Tony, I don't like people like you. <laughs> he was referring to me as a Christian. And he really? said, you know, I ha- I live this lifestyle and you may not even like me. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, I have no reason not to like you. I said, I don't know you. Right. And he said, well, our community's, community's in trouble. And I was told that I need to call you because you may have some solutions. Wow. So I met with the mayor. I met with the city attorney, the city manager, and a couple of the city council members. And we created some strategy and you know for me i don't know what i'm doing glenn i just say yes and desperately cry out to god right (laughs) that's my strategy there you go and then and then he speaks to me in my desperation yeah and and we implemented some practical strategies and literally saved that community wow and and he and i became friends um you know the one who said i don't like people like you right you know, and so reformation impacts on a systemic level. Hmm. And when you impact systems and structures, that's when uh, you see sustainability and longevity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, when we talk about reformation, we, we look, you know, in Europe at the reformation, obviously mm-hmm. what it did to culture and to society is is massive. Now, I'm not by any means saying that we need to mandate that everybody becomes a, you know, whatever, (laughs) a Lutheran or (laughs) Presbyterian (laughs) or, or whatever. I'm just saying that we're, we don't need to go back to that stuff, but we do recognize and value and appreciate the work that was done in terms of seeing society greatly um, improve and, and, as a result of a heart that said, Hey, we're not here just to get people in a building on a Sunday, but we're here to make a difference in our cities and our nations. And, and that's a huge part of the gospel. And, and we're seeing more and more people are embracing this, but moving forward, you know, we are starting to see nations open up again for visitors Um and we don't know, maybe in six months, a lot of nations are going to be open up. But what what is it going to look like? What what should we kind of take away from this season we've been in? And, and how do we you know, really move forward in a way that we're truly collaborating with Holy Spirit? I think John 17 Jesus is pure. Father, make them one as you and I are one. And he goes on to say, the glory that you've given me, I give to them. Mm-hmm. I think that's to be that needs to be the primary pursuit mm-hmm. in terms of what we can 
what we can deliver and what we can give to the Lord is perhaps, you know, Stacy Campbell, Glenn, you and I, you know, both know her friends. Um, you know, she said, what if our generation becomes a generation that doesn't only cry out for God to answer our prayers, but we answer the prayers of Jesus, wow. that one prayer. And it's such a powerful statement. Yeah. Um, and, and so for, for me, this is, you know, Glenn, when, we, when we're with leaders, things are so macro. Yeah. Right? They're so global. So we'll talk about discipling nations. And I've stood right. before presidents <laughs> and kings and tribal leaders. And, you know, Glenn, we've, we've both done that. Um, but oftentimes it becomes so nebulous and disconnected. Yeah. And so this is, this is what I encourage uh, every reformer, even leaders, because a lot of leaders don't know where to begin. It's identify uh, the area of your compassion. Oh, wow. Okay. Because, you know, we're trying to solve the world's problem. It's not going to happen. We're just not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that smart. We're not that powerful. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. some of us will say, well, in Christ, all things are possible. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But, uh, but practically speaking, you know, where does your compassion and mercy fall on? Hmm. Because that's probably the place where God's calling you to create and bring reformation. Identify one area that you're called to address. Huh. And then from there, this aspect of collaboration, Glenn, it's not just, okay, what can I do? It's yeah. who do I want to work with? Who has okay. God called me to be with? Come because on. Now. I can't fulfill the, the, the dream that God's given to me and who he created me to be. I'm yeah. not going to fulfill this apart from you, Glenn. Right. And I'm not going to fulfill this apart from the watchers and listeners because it's to be fulfilled as a body, as a yeah. community. Yeah. So the second question is, who do you want to work with? Yeah. Who's already doing it that you could join yourself to? You know, yeah. we don't always have to lead. I just tell God, when you touch down in a room, I don't need to be on a stage. I don't need to hold the microphone. Wow. I just want to so be in the room when you move. Right. I just want to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's. I would say identify where your compassion is, know who you want to work with in the community that God's given to you. Huh. Right. So I heard someone say, if you find your family, you found your destiny. Yeah. That's wow. That's and, powerful. And so, you know, it's, it's the family that God's put you with. Right. You know, I want to do this with you, Glenn. Yeah. You know, I, you know, and some of my other friends, you know, that, that yeah. God's put together and yeah. then from there come together yeah. Seek the Lord. You know, so often when I'm with reformers, the first thing they do is whip out the whiteboard. You know, <laughs> and I don't know about you, Glenn. I love whiteboards. <laughs> you know, I, I love. I was a consultant for many years at a consulting firm uh, for government corporations doing private public ventures and strategies, and I love whiteboards. But reformation doesn't begin with whiteboards. It begins with an encounter with God. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so, as a community. Get before the face of God, Psalm 67, 1. God, be gracious to us and let the light of your face shine down on us so that mm. your way may be known on the earth. Mm. So salvation will come to the peoples and the nations will praise you. Yeah. You know, it's about the ways of God. Yeah. And then from there, how do you know you're making change? You have to measure your impact. Huh. And, and so, what you know, instead of saying, you know, we, we loved on a thousand people. Well, how do you measure that? You know, and how do you be specific and tangible? And then from there, it's when and where will you begin? Yeah. Well, so these are just some key, simple 
I guess, strategic uh, thoughts or questions that you can begin with in terms of where we're going, things are starting to open up. And I would lead with some of these questions in terms of bringing reformation as a reformer. Yeah, those those are really good um, questions, Tony, because I believe completely concur with you that that we definitely need to do this in community with Mm -hmm. others. And one of the things that we need to be reminded of, I believe, is when you read the New Testament, for example, you see teams, you you see community, you know, the and it's so important. Recently, when I've been talking about the apostolic, um, you know, we've kind of been using the word apostolic centers because we work with people around the world that are wanting to start these centers in their area to train, equip, and send out people. And that's good. But I, but I said to a lot of the guys that I, that I interact with, I said, look, we need to be, to develop apostolic communities. That's right. And it's about the people, you know? Um, And when we have the people, when the people are apostolic in the sense that everyone knows I'm called to be part of the body of Christ and God has a specific work for me to do, obviously to be conformed to Christ's likeness and to fulfill my purpose and destiny. And like you said, that statement, when you find your family, you'll find your purpose or your destiny. Right. That, that is powerful, so powerful. And so many people are trying to fulfill their destiny. I, you know, Tony, I've been, I used, I've been saying this recently. I said, are you a body part or are you part of the body? Yeah. There's a lot of people that are That's body parts. They know, hey, I'm this, I'm that. This is where, you know, how I function. But they're not connected. And that goes yeah. back to Ezekiel 37 as well. The body uh, was not connected, the parts. And so there's a coming together, you know, that has to happen. And and so I really appreciate your insight on that. I I think it's so powerful. And, and everyone who's listening, please, guys, you got to understand this, like YouTube, Facebook Live, there's, we're going to keep doing these things. It's going to impact people. But ultimately, this is not a substitute for family, for community. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be a part of your family and community, and, and you can definitely get that. But the, the, you got to have people that you're doing life with and doing community with as well. And, and um, so that that's great, Tony. What what would you say um, is is one of the greatest needs right now in the body of Christ in terms of really seeing the power of God, the supernatural released? What what is it that we can uh, you know? we need to do or, or come into a alignment with like, cause we're yeah. talking about reformation, but let's talk about end with revival here. Sure. Sure. You know, it's, I was part of a uh, panel for a uh, doctorate program not too long ago. And uh, this question was posed, you know, okay. what, what do we do? What, what needs to happen, yeah. you know, with what's happening now and family was a big part of it. But um, the other part that I brought and I said, and I'm going to say it here is we as God's people, we need to get compassion back in our hearts. Okay. 
Uh, we want the power. We want the demonstration. We want, you know, Jesus said, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And it's, I mean, that was not an option. Yeah. Right. It, it was, it was a mandate. Yeah. And, and so for us to move in that direction and for us to move in John 14, 12, the greater work shall we do? Mm. Um, I think in this season over the last couple of years, I don't know about the world. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I could include the world in this statement, but at least I know in our nation, Glenn, yeah. that compassion has been set aside. Yeah. Um, and I believe that when we start operating in a compassion that the way Jesus did, compassion mm -hmm. unlocks the power. Yeah. Compassion yeah. raises the, I mean, everything Jesus did just in the gospels, he had compassion. So he healed wow. all those who were oppressed. He had compassion. So he raised Lazarus from the dead. He had compassion. So he fed those mm -hmm. who saw us hungry. He had mm -hmm. compassion on them. So he taught them. Mm -hmm. Everything flowed from a place of compassion. And when we're operating out of God's heartbeat, mm -hmm. um, wow. compassion, and how do we get compassion? We need to be a people of prayer. Okay. You know, there's a saint that said, you know, prayer doesn't only move God, but it moves us yeah. into alignment with the heart of God. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I'm sure there's other ways to getting getting compassion. But for me, the best way for me to align with God's heart yeah. is to start praying for people. Yeah. Um, in my sphere, praying for my nation, pray for the nations. Yeah. Um, because when you pray for the nations, you capture God's heart, but you're captivated with his heart. So now you start operating in a power and authority that that he's he gives to us by the spirit. And 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 then from there, it's we, we start operating from a world of the limitless. Yeah. And that's what I do, Glenn. Before I minister, people ask me, what do you do to prepare? Yeah. Well, my message is usually prepared. I may not know what I'm going to say, but Glenn, we yeah. preach long enough. Where yeah. let's be honest, we could just throw a message out. We could yeah. just bring, you know bring one of the top five messages, and if we've never spoken, then we could blow <laughs> it up, right? I mean, let's be honest about that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But but outside of that, that's not what changes people. It's not what transforms. Is that's not what releases the power. Exactly. So my heart is God. Give me a love for this church. Amen. God, give me a love for this community. How do you see this community? How do you feel about them? How, you know, what's your heart towards them? What do you want for them? Yeah. What do you want to say to them? And I started capturing his heart and, and then the miracles just start flowing. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think we as a church, we need to get back into aligning with God's heart and operate out of just compassion and love. Yeah. Maybe wow. too simple, but. I yeah. believe that the gospel is simple and what you've just uh, articulated is so profound yet simple. Mm -hmm. And I, and I really believe that was really what Jesus was saying when he, on his final week on planet earth, he's talking about the vine and the branches and basically mm -hmm. saying, stay connected. And when we're staying connected to him in that place of intimacy and communion, his life flows into us, his desires, his character and, and all, all who he is. So, so we love people the way he does and, and we minister out of that place. You know, I was thinking of something that happened many years ago. I, it's just like the Holy Spirit just reminded me of this. I was ministering in Northern Canada. I'm originally from Canada, was born in Toronto and raised in the Toronto area. 
And I went up to this northern community, French-speaking uh, community. And when I got there, I met with the pastors and some of the leaders. And, you know, it, we had a great time of fellowship. Then they began to tell me about this woman. I said, you know, there's this woman. She'll probably show up to the revival meetings. And she'll cause drama, you know. She'll she'll create a disturbance or whatever. And and so anyway, uh, I think it was the second night. The first night was awesome. We saw miracles and the Lord was moving. The second night, she walks in. And, and how I knew is the pastor, he nudges me, goes, there she is. And, <laughs> and when I saw her, um, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started just giving me such compassion for mm. her. And wow. he gave me some specific words of knowledge regarding some trauma she had gone through and, and abuse. So I, I asked the pastor's wife to come with me. Um, and we I went over to her and I just spoke with her. This is while praise and worship's going on. I just went over and I spoke with her. I said, hey, this is what the Lord told me. And I, I said to her, and she goes, yeah, it actually happened three times. And she broke, Tony. Wow. She started weeping. She started weeping. And that night, she got delivered. Come on. She was healed physically. She had a condition. I think it was in her hips and her knees. She was totally healed. And she just walked out with the, her countenance just you know, glowing, came back the next night, got baptized with the Holy Spirit totally changed and was transformed. And it was all because the Lord allowed me, he imparted to me, you know, his, his grace and his perspective, how he saw her as his daughter. And it, it set her free, you know? And, and so I, I know um, what you're saying is so true. If we can deal with people that way mm -hmm. and just show them love, and the the love of God, right? You know, it's the Paul talked about the love of Christ constrains us, and the love of God is poured out in our heart by Holy Spirit. And he's the one who does that. So that's powerful. And guys, um, everyone who's watching this broadcast, what Tony just shared about compassion, man, we desperately need that in America. We need that in Australia. We need it in in yes. Singapore and. You know, in Brazil, wherever we are in the world, we need to manifest him. And I believe, Tony, that this reformation that's happening, really the the uh, outcome of it, you know, is that people would see Jesus represented. That's right. And, and you know, my friend uh, from Africa, we had a conference recently, and he was preaching, and he in in their english they don't say represent they say represent and <laughs> he just kept using the word and i was like it's so true we're representing so when people see us they see christ in the body it, we're his body so what that's right it should resemble him <laughs> that's right that's uh, right i love that i yeah. love that so awesome any any uh final thoughts Glenn, we could talk about this subject forever. Yeah. You know, um, but I think, you know, in this season, I just want to encourage everyone's heart. Um, you know, all the all, all the listeners, watch, those watching, uh, those who will watch, those who will listen, that God is 
on the move everywhere I'm going, mm. Glenn, right now, especially in this season. I really believe we're in that Acts 18 19 season mm. where we're going to see, you know, Acts 19 11 says, you know, an extraordinary miracles were done through the hands of the Apostle Paul. I believe we're yeah. in the days of extraordinary miracles yeah. and we're seeing tremendous, tremendous moves of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, revival and reformation are never meant to be separated or divorced. Yeah. They're one of the same. Yeah. It's the same coin, two different sides. Yeah. And we need the power of God. And I just want everyone to remember, you know, yes, we need solutions. We need healing and we need encouragement. But also remember that we are the healing that God released on the earth, that we are the encouragement. We are the hope that God's placed on this earth. And, and so for me, it's, I just live my life based off of three things, which is really simple, faith, hope, and love. Mm. You know, let's just yeah. continue to believe you know, uh, God's promises in this season. Let's yeah. continue to believe who he says he is and who he is. And faith is in the confidence yeah. of, I can do this. Yeah. Faith is really the confidence of, this is who Jesus is. Amen. You know, and, and then hope, you know, I really believe we're the voice of hope, Glenn. Reformers are the voice of hope. And there's, it's really this hope reformation that's being released all over the earth. Huh. And, and so, and it's the love of God, again, compassion, but we need to be secured in this love, yeah. advance with this hope yeah. and operate in faith oh, in anything, yeah. everything we do. Say that, say that one more time. Be secure in his love. Secure in his love and advance in his hope and operate in faith. Awesome. That's so good. That's so good. Wow. Hey, Tony, like you said, we could talk about this long, but there's been a lot of rich uh, content revelation shared. I really appreciate you taking time to be with us. We're going to get this video out, man. People need to need to watch this. I really believe it. it's going to be a blessing. Thank you so much, Tony Kim, for being with me tonight here on uh, Kingdom Community and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. And uh, I, I love what you said. Are you a body part or are you part of the body? Yeah. You know, and, and let's all be part of the body. Amen. And so, Glenn, thank you so much. Uh, and, you know, I just want to honor who you are and what you carry and your contribution and you being a gift to the body of Christ. And I can't wait till we have sit down and have a meal, have a cup of coffee here in uh, Pasadena soon. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. Thank you, man. It's so good. Really enjoyed this. Such a blessing. You're such a blessing to the body of Christ. Okay. Thank you. Talk to you. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Sounds All right. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey, well, everybody, as my guest has been Tony Kim, uh, man, what an incredible interview, lots of great content and revelation shared, practical stuff. You know, how do we live out this life of reformation and revival and representing Jesus? Tony shared so many rich nuggets, guys, so many powerful takeaways. I encourage you to go back, listen to this uh, interview and discussion again and again, and check out Tony's ministry. Just Google his name, Tony Kim. You can find out more about him and all that he's involved with. 
Um, he's a great man of God, a humble servant of the Lord. I, I love humble people. And Tony is one of those guys that I picked up uh, right away as, as an individual who really demonstrates the humility of Christ. And he shows honor and respect for all people. Not pretentious. It's the real deal. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys again. My name is Glenn Blakeney. Please check out our website, awakenations.org. And hey, if you're looking for a spiritual family, you're looking to connect, we have free training once a month, third Wednesday. It's coming up soon. Just go to kingdomcommunity.global forward slash mentoring and you can sign up. Kingdomcommunity.global forward slash mentoring. Check out the website. We have an explainer video you can watch. Janet gives you more about the kingdom community, what we do, how you can be involved. We're about connecting, equipping, and seeing you sent out to fulfill your destiny in Christ. Have a great day wherever you are in the world. Great night. Blessings. My name is Glenn Blakeney. Talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Community Podcast. To learn more about us, including how to connect with our Kingdom community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so other listeners like you can be encouraged. We really appreciate that effort, and we hope you will join us again in the next episode of the Kingdom Community Podcast.